2: Welcome to Table Manners. My mother has gone mad. She says she's hearing music. There's no music, Mum. It might be Celestial. (laughs) They're calling for you. No, 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 not.
3: (laughs) Come in, come in. Oh, crikey.
2: We've been waiting for you. Anyway, Mum, how are you? Going fucking mad by the sounds of it.
3: Clearly bonkers, darling. What's been going on? I have been working... I've had to field about three phone calls. Right. Um, your brother has frightened me to death, so I'm definitely not moving from the house or even opening the front door. But I haven't done anything wrong, have I, Jess? You honestly have been the most law abiding citizen. I know. Everybody else is going to see their boyfriends and their grandchildren. And I'm sitting here. Oh, I don't
2: actually, to be fair, like, let's watch this space. but I don't feel too
3: great today.
2: Oh. I, just, I don't know if it's hay fever. Is, are people getting hay fever already?
3: Yeah, I've had terrible hay fever. It's yeah. tree pollen. Oh, yeah, it's really bad. What have you had for dinner tonight? I had just some butternut squash soup that I made
2: for my best mate who had the baby. And then, because I felt slightly queasy, I was like, oh, I shouldn't really be delivering food to her. So, I had soup and I polished off my daughter's potato waffle. That's what I did. It was not exciting. But I did get a lovely food delivery from Taylors of Maltby Street, a really wonderful greengrocer. Where is Maltby Street, darling? It's in Bermondsey. They do that amazing food market. Oh, wow. It's where Monty's um, started, Monty's Deli started on Maltby Street. It's an amazing food market. Great.
3: Jessie, it's just gone eight. Are you excited about our guest tonight? I'm intrigued by him. Who's Zooming in from LA. It's our first
2: transatlantic guest. Ooh. He doesn't have a mic, so le- it may be slightly different sound quality I have to kind of add before um, this starts. So we apologise, but you know, we're just trying to make the most and get you the best people.
3: You raise me up. When I could what's the next words? Is it so I can climb so mountain, I can stand on mountains? So I can climb a mountain. You raise I remember hearing that song at George Best's funeral and I sobbed. Were you at George Best's funeral? No, I wasn't. I watched John Telly. What he had like a Princess Diana funeral. Yeah, it was almost it was a big funeral. But can I tell you something else? What? This what? boy, this man could have been my son in law. Uh, can we can we I'm gonna can tell we, him.
2: Uh, yeah? Yeah, good um he's very political is he he also sung at Obama's inauguration oh wow yeah I think I remember that and so I want to know what that's like um also I love the story of how he became a singer did you know this story
3: Mm -mm.
2: apparently he um what's his face Andrea Botticelli what's his name is that his name Bocelli. Bocelli was supposed to be singing with Celine Dion at the Grammys and he couldn't do the, the rehearsal. So David Foster, who is like the OG producer, did Celine, Whitney, produce me on this Disney song. And I've never sounded so good. And he's just the the best. Um, he said, go and stand in. And Josh was like 19. Oh, wow. And he has to go and sing with Celine Dion at a rehearsal. He was in Ally McBeal, Mum. Was he? Do you remember he was Malcolm in Ally McBeal and he had to sing at the prom because the girl stood him up and then he sings and nobody's listening and then he sings and everyone listens. I don't
3: remember all this.
2: Oh! Here we go.
0: Hi! Hello!
2: Josh Groban is Zooming in from New York?
0: We, LA. Like, or... I've zoomed, LA? I'm, I'm in Los Angeles. It is ah. it is funny and bright. It's infuriatingly sunny here in Los Angeles right now.
2: But isn't it always
0: like that? Yeah. I grew up here and I I got kind of sick of it, to be honest. Every day, just 72 degrees. Or what is it? Or oh, would that be in Celsius? I've 20, 22 degrees Celsius.
2: Oh, you poor uh, thing.
0: Every day. <laughs> every day. So I, I actually wound up moving to New York um, About five or six years ago uh just because i I like the energy i i have a tendency to kind of stay in if i'm not forced out so new york has a way of kind of pushing you out your front door and you turn left you turn right everything you could possibly want to eat every show you could possibly want to see it's all there so and seasons i do think it's important that people experience seasons together as like a as a as a city i think it builds character
2: well listen josh it's
3: such a pleasure to have you do this. Such a pleasure.
0: The pleasure is mine.
3: Oh, please. And, but Josh, can I just tell you something? You could yes, have ma'am. been my son-in-law.
0: I oh, could have, what could have been. Do you know
3: the connection?
0: No, tell this me. This is though. not <laughs>
3: me.
2: It's not me, by the way. It's, <laughs> it's not Jessie. Is, it's about it's, my sister. Tell me, tell me.
3: You know a girl called Hannah Ware. Oh my gosh, yes, of course. So that's Jesse's sister Oh, and I did not daughter. know that.
0: I did not know that. What a very, very yeah. a small world. Did you meet on a plane? We meet on a plane. I think we might have.
2: I remember Hannah saying that you were very funny. Oh. So I'm looking forward to hearing this wit.
0: <laughs> well, I've, uh, I've, prepared, no pressure, Josh. I've prepared a few vegetable jokes for you tonight. I hope you enjoy it. Anyway, are you, are
3: you, are you dating, Josh?
0: I am. Yes, yes. I'm in a wonderful, wonderful uh, two and a half year relationship. Yeah.
3: Oh,
2: really? Thank you. Mum's really upset about it now. Yeah, but, you know, really happy for you. <laughs> yeah, we've um, you know. We really
0: <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's very, very sweet. It's very, very kind. You know, food is uh, is a good way to um, you know pass the time when you're when you're with somebody too. It's, I've been, I've just, it's, this is come, this is coming a, this is coming a really opportune time to talk about this because I've just this kind of during this quarantine picked up a real passion for for cooking, and I think I'm, probably a lot of people have done the same thing. But yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun.
2: What have you been cooking?
0: Well, let's see. I, uh, I make, I make a mean, uh, beans on toast. I don't know if that qualifies as cooking. Uh, oh, wow! <laughs> what I do is I cut out the hole in the toast and then I, I plop the egg in the hole and put all of that on the, on the griddle. And so it kind of, the egg kind of, kind of, I guess, cooks in the, in the bread and then I'll slice some fresh avocado and I'll put some baked beans on that. And uh, a little bit of chili, chili flakes. It's a uh,
3: what do you call that dish? I,
0: I don't I, I do think there is a name for it, but um, yeah. I, I, Groben's Brecky hodgepodge. I have no idea.
2: What happens to the bit of um, bread in the middle? Does it get discarded? Is this a low carb uh, breakfast? It's, is it a very LA thing, or do you, do you put it on the top like a McMuffin? I want to know.
0: I should say that I use the circular middle of the bread to make croutons or something fancy for later but i just i just eat it as soon as i cut it it's just i just eat eat a circular piece of of regular just bread when I, when I do it. Who
2: yeah. who taught? I mean, I, I love this. Feels like slightly oak cuisine. Like I like the presentation. I feel yeah. like you're really making the effort. You're really trying to impress impress your loved one. Um, who who showed you this recipe? She, or
0: is... she won't eat it. <laughs> just so we're clear, of she won't. Just so she we're clear, this is toast. this is purely for me. She's eating oatmeal or whatever else. She's like, I'll just okay, I'll just microwave something. Um, but uh, no, this is this is. But but my my goal is to is to make as many things that she will enjoy I made my first vegetable soup last night well done uh, that was really really good thank you um I uh, I don't know I've been baking I've been um
2: have you done a banana bread like the rest of the world
0: oh man my mom just made a great banana bread and she's she um you know we're doing the you know put on latex gloves and drop things on each other's porch oh, and lovely. then leaving and waving through the window thing mm. which is just so heartbreaking but you know, then, then you get to, you know, eat the food and you feel connected through the food, which is really, really nice. And she makes a mean, she makes a lot of great things, but the banana bread was, was awesome. It's a dessert. Her banana bread has a lot of chocolate in it. So oh, uh, wow. so I'm mm. I'm I'm usually eating her banana bread after dinner and not before starting my day. Otherwise, I would feel, but I guess it's healthier to eat it in the morning.
2: Oh, I, do, I, I mean, it's one of those things that if it's there, it just like gets sliced away little by little.
0: There's no wrong time. You try to do the kind of the guilt-free smallest slice possible. Oh,
2: yeah. And then
0: but when you you've had just ten wind of them. up eating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whoops. Where did my banana bread go?
2: So um, how is life on the inside in lockdown in Los Angeles? You know, I mean, in, in the UK, it's quite bleak at the moment. I think we're just about, well, we're just About peaking, aren't we? No. Yeah, Mum, would you say we're peaking? No. No.
3: I think another couple of weeks. They say there's less people going into hospital here but there's still this very, very high number of fatalities. I
0: think that just psychologically, we're all trying to kind of make sense of how we're supposed to feel right now about it. We're all doing our part. I think most of us, at least, if we're being responsible, we're staying in, we're FaceTiming our families, we're, we're doing what we can where we can to kind of separate but still connect with people like your wonderful podcast. Um, but also, you're right. The, the news is a little confusing right now as far as where we're at. Have we hit the peak? Are we over the peak? In America, you know, this is such a massive country and every governor, every mayor, I think, is approaching this in a, in a different way, which makes it also a little bit complicated. We also have somebody in charge who I, I uh, you know, would probably get in trouble for saying this, but is not um, is not leading us in a way that is helpful, to say the least. And so I think we're all kind of left to kind of decide for ourselves how to how best to feel with this, not to mention just you know, how how much um, sadness this has caused around around the country. Just so many people, I've, I've known people who uh, have already been through this, have had really hard symptoms. Uh, some have had very minor symptoms. Some have lost loved ones. And a couple of friends of mine uh, that I've met and worked with throughout the years have actually passed away from this. So we all now have those degrees of separation from this. Los Angeles is spread out. So I think we all have kind of a... Uh, A way of, you know, siloing here that doesn't feel so separate. You know, we, you know, are usually in our apartments or our cars and then our offices and then back, um, at New York, I can see why it's, it's harder there because one of the things I love about New York is the very thing that's making it hard as the epicenter of this virus is that you want to be shoulder to shoulder in New York. You want your souls to be bouncing off of each other. That's why people are drawn to New York is because of that physical, um, you know, connectivity to everybody. So so it's, it's, it's hard, but we're, you know, we're staying put. Thankfully, everybody in my family is doing well. And uh, just trying not try, try not to uh, go too crazy. Mm. Having a dog helps too.
3: Oh, you've got a dog?
0: I have a 15 and a half year old soft-coated Wheaton Terrier. Oh, wow. Uh, he's actually today he's getting his first treatment he has a little um, benign brain tumor oh that they my. think they can shrink so what he's, he he's this, this,
3: this this
0: this has gotten bleak I'm so sorry I brought here you're like you know oh Josh come bring us your witticisms tell us about your failed Swiss chard uh, dish uh, and and here I'm just like well you know there is that brain tumor but I'm I'm now Cooking for me, for my girlfriend, and and for my dog as well. Uh, what does he eat, your dog? He likes a really nice plain grilled chicken breast with a little white rice <laughs> and uh, maybe a little uh, chicken broth on top of that, if he's been particularly good, which he has been. so uh,
3: What's his name? Sweeney. Sweeney. Named after who? Yeah. Not the Demon Barber. Um, the Demon Puppy of Fleet Street. Oh, wow, Street. it is.
0: Yes, that's right, yes. I, I, <laughs> I was a musical theatre student <laughs> in uh, high school and college, and so that's trickled into, uh, I won't name my actual character, kids after uh, musical theater characters though uh, don't worry
2: oh my god I want to know which parts you played in musical theater at my,
0: school. were you were you a theater kid growing up
2: yeah uh, yeah I mean it was like because c- I so when I'm not doing the podcast I'm actually a singer yeah and so I um but yeah so when I was singing at school it was all just musical theater yeah. but I loved um Gershwin and oh yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'd always get a good part just because of my voice, not because I was particularly brilliant in acting. But it worked out well for me. So it was my great. first
0: ever singing in front of an audience was a Gershwin song. So I was um, I was in seventh grade. Life was hell because yeah. life is hell in seventh grade. I was <laughs> you know I was shy. I had a hard time making friends, and um, and I and also like I was a late bloomer vocally. So I've got this kind of big baritone voice now. But when I um, when I was in you know seventh grade, I was maybe. 13 and my voice was just kind of hadn't started changing yet so I was still a boy soprano and I had a choir teacher and he said hey um you know you've got a nice you've got a nice uh, vibrato why don't you sing a solo you can pick anything you want and uh he said actually you know what have you have you ever heard of scat singing I said well yeah my dad sings around the house my dad was kind of a a jazz trumpet player through college, and so he would sing and stuff around the house. He said, great, I'm gonna give you a song called Swonderful, a George Griffin's song called Swonderful. And I sang this for my class, and my, my parents had never heard me sing before, so they were in the back row, and uh, and that was, my, that was my, I got a standing ovation, and that changed my whole life. That's why I got into the arts, that's why I now have a foundation, that's why I started you know signing up for the school plays. It's because of that one music teacher that pulled me to the front, and uh, oh, wow. it, it was Gershwin. But then after that, I auditioned for Anything Goes. I was I was sailor like number eight in anything good
2: oh I did yeah. I was Reno Sweeney
0: oh man of course you were your your voice your <laughs> was way more accomplished than mine was at that age
2: yeah but it was only because I was in the like top year at school and so you had to get the main parts then so you were probably like you know you were probably too young to get the big part in your school I don't know
0: I was pretty I was young I was I was young I was that's thank you yes I, you've I'll, done I'll,
2: okay I'll... since Josh it's okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't I can't complain but I always think back to that audition and the, the, the crush Disappointment, but um, but it was fun because the great thing about doing theater when you're younger, and especially I think if you don't get a lead role, is that you learn about just what a community it is to just be part of a show. And so when mm-hmm. you're not when you're not singing, you're sitting on the sidelines and you're you're hoping for a great show. You're rooting for your fellow cast. You're you know if you're in high school, you're also like working the lights and like pulling the curtains and you're put on you know painting duty when you're not you know singing your uh, your parts. But yeah, it was uh, it was Anything Goes, and then it was Fame, the musical, oh, which was, oh, wow. oh yeah. I went wow. to an arts high school, uh, which was great, and we did Fame, the musical, and then I worked my way up eventually to Tevye in Fiddler on the Roof by senior year, I was Tevye.
3: Oh, Mazeltov!
0: Thank you, thank you.
2: So I want to know, like, because I, I know about the story about you going to the Grammy rehearsal yeah. and singing with Celine and this, and David Foster, who is like the og yeah. like uh, uh, bloody amazing but did you know so please forgive me because i'm sure you've you've told this story a lot but i just i i find it so interesting so you went to the art school you were obviously singing and then were you already doing your own solo stuff at that point or were you kind of like a bit of a reluctant kind of uh front yeah you know yeah, uh,
0: i was still very it was still very reluctant for me i mean i i knew i could sing but i was really lacking a lot of self-confidence back then. And I was taking voice lessons. So it wasn't like I was putting myself out there for those opportunities. I was just taking lessons on the side. I was studying with a voice teacher uh, who lived down the street from me. He happened to know David Foster. Mm. David Foster called him and said, hey, I'm in a clinch. Do you have any students that could come in and sing for free at this event that I'm doing? And he said, yeah, I've got three or four that might be right. And so I was one of the three or four that sent in a tape thinking I would just do a fun thing I didn't know who David Foster was because I didn't read the credits on these albums like I would just listen to the bodyguard and you know Whitney and Celine and all this stuff and I just thought wow Mm. those are incredible albums I didn't I wasn't wasn't as kind of in tune back then about the ins and outs of how that stuff was made so
2: yeah and also it would have probably seemed really showbiz for a 19 year old Guy to maybe like know that the producer writer, you know, I, didn't, I get it.
0: I didn't come from a showbiz family. Like like I said, my dad was a jazz trumpet player, but then his mom said to him, "Oh no, that's no way to make a living." So he went into business, and he's been in business ever since then. My mom was an art teacher, public arts art teacher, and then once she had kids, she kind of decided she just wanted to kind of to do that, and now she helps run my foundation. But um, but, you know, but I didn't I didn't have show busy parents, but they were very artistic. So I was taking these lessons. David Foster calls. He's, he he calls me out of nowhere. He says, hey, I heard you tape. I really like you. Um, come sing at this event It was for the governor of California. And then two weeks later, he said, hey, come to the Grammys. Andrea Bocelli can't make it. Uh, I love your voice. Why don't you come and uh, sing with Celine until Andrea gets here? And um, no 19 shoot. I was I already had an album by 19. This was 16 and um, and so yeah, I I was um, I mean, I was really thrown into the lion's den and and so and look, if I was my voice hadn't changed at 13 during that Gershwin concert. And so really by 16. I'd only had like a good two and a half, three years of really understanding what singing felt like. So I had to be kind of a student and a professional at the same time. And they say, fake it till you make it. But inside I was absolutely dying. And on stage, I'm, you know, I'm standing there with Celine and having to kind of pretend like I know what I'm doing. And I would say that feeling kind of permeated through the first five years of my career. And then I started to feel like, okay, all right. I, my, my experience now has matched the, the faking of confidence and now I can put them together and I can actually be confident. That's a, that's a fun time to feel that way. But most of my successful um, first few years were, were just pure anxiety, pure anxiety.
3: Can I just, I've got to go and check a pan. I've turned a pan check off. Check the pan. My God. <laughs> I don't know what she's cooking.
2: So this is, you know, this is really professional. I bet you're like, right, cool. One of the fucking interviews is fucked off now. <laughs> but
0: carry on. <laughs> This is how I know to take a hint that I've I've become long winded. Uh, is uh, no way? This is the uh, this is the oh oh you're gonna you're gonna check the pan? Sure, yes. <laughs> Can that be the new jump the shark? You know, uh, if <laughs> somebody talks too long. So I guess it's time to check the pan. I don't know what she's yeah. fucking
2: cooking though. I, 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 she knew that there was a podcast at this time.
0: Nothing, nothing. <laughs> she's not cooking anything. She's not cooking anything. She said her hello she's done her part she'll edit herself back in later (laughs) she's gonna go water the plants that's what she's doing
3: i had. pardon what what have you done have you burnt something no i hadn't left anything on oh (laughs) but i thought i could smell something
0: you're you're in just in time to talk about acid reflux
3: Josh, do you come from a big family? I come from actually a
0: really small family. You know, my I have I have one younger brother. We have the, the same birthday four years apart. Oh, so, that's um, how annoying mean. for him yeah. when you
2: arrived on the scene and then he had to share his birthday oh, with you. Oh,
0: my God. Well, no. I He's he, the older one, he, darling. He, 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 uh, he's, he arrived on my birthday.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, so, Josh.
0: you know, I was very shy in high school, but I was a really show-offy kid, like, at home. So um, <laughs> I went from show to shy, to show again. So, um, so, but like in school, you know, in, at home, I was like, I was like singing around the house and stuff. So, you know, for me, birthdays were really, really important. At four years old, I had a cowboy clown party, all ready to go. <laughs> I was gonna come to the house, balloon animals, the whole spiel. And I get, you know, woken up by my dad saying, oh, we're, you know, we're, we're going to the hospital. You got a, you got a baby brother on the way. Um, we're like best friends now, but you know, 10 and 14, so that that's a that's a an age gap that's you don't have a lot in common, but uh, but yeah but then it's just it's just my mom and my dad they were both only children and I had two grandmas that lived into their 90s both of my grandfathers died when I was very very young, and we just we've been a very kind of close knit family and so um, I don't have any kids yet my brother doesn't have any kids yet so it's just us
2: and what was food like when you were growing up like did your. Oh. Did your mum cook? Did your well, dad cook? She's a great
3: cook, we've
0: heard. My mom is a great cook. She has, you know, she has some recipes that are just kind of go-tos that, you know, for me, you know, they say like smell is like the most kind of emotional sense that we have for nostalgia and for things like that. And, you know, during holidays or just just special things that we've loved, there are certain dishes that she makes where just like walking down the stairs and smelling it, it doesn't matter if I'm 39 years old or two years, you know, two years old. It's the same feeling, and I'm also lucky that I they still live in the house that I grew up in. Yeah. So, like when I when I come over for holidays and stuff, and my mom is cooking that stuff, it's it like it just absolutely transports you, and that's that's an incredible thing about family recipes and the tradition of passing those down. Now that I'm a beans on toast and vegetable soup aficionado, I'm basically Thomas <laughs> Keller now. Um, I. I'm going to ask my mom to to walk, really walk me through those recipes this year whereas in the past I've kind of just been happy to just kind of dice carrots and help clean afterwards. Um I really want to learn those now, really learn them from top to bottom because they're they're really special, but uh, What's
3: her best dish?
0: Um her best dish is um she does like a brunch eggs that we do every Christmas morning. Uh, that's like a baked egg dish. That's got like a sweetness to it. It has like a sweet corn, and it has some some cheese in it, and it's really fluffy and it's cut into like cubes. So it's got the, you know, it's got the shape what, like, of like a, a frittata. Yeah, but but very very thick, exactly like thick like a quiche, but with with the density of a frittata, exactly. And and then you put like salsa on top of it to kind of balance out the sweetness of the of the eggs and the corn. And it's, um, it's awesome. It's really, really good. And it's one of my favorite things. Is I We go back for thirds. What do you
3: call it?
0: Um, Lindy's Christmas brunch eggs. <laughs> I don't know. Okay.
2: <laughs> that sounds really nice. So what where do you like to go and eat out then? Like in LA, what are you really missing right now? Which restaurants are you really, really missing not being able to eat at?
0: Uh, well, there's a... Um, I, first of all, I love sushi. So we've got some incredible sushi restaurants in yeah. um, in Los Angeles. There's one called Matsuhisa. Um, so Nobu, which is now very, very popular, is uh, his full name is Nobu Matsuhisa. And so his first restaurant uh, was in Beverly Hills and it's called Matsuhisa and he still cooks there and it's very it's small. tiny, Yeah, it's
2: amazing. It's
0: tiny and you just sit at the bar. It's one of those sit at the bar and just feed me kind of places. Um, there's also, and this is really, really sad, there is a place, um, a, a, like a health—it's healthy though—but it's a diner in LA that I've been going to since I was in junior high school called Swingers, and it is a, a landmark in Los Angeles. I get their veggie burger, and uh, and they got great sweet potato fries. And you know, certain there are very few restaurants that I think of in my life where I can think back to a hundred meetings, friend hangouts, dates uh you know solo time on a laptop just you know writing you know that was my place and this that it, it was a casualty of the coronavirus it's now shut shuttered for for good it's now it's now closed permanently and uh the food industry it's it's a reminder just of what the food industry is going through right now we always kind of assumed when this all started well this will be really hard and then they'll say you can go back and then it will like spring, it will, the flowers will bloom and the, the, the restaurants will reopen. Mm. And it's of course, sadly, not that simple. And so even a place that's been that famous, we have a, another diner. I, I love, I do love diners. I love a it's one of the thing I love about, uh, about New York. We have another diner called Nate Nows that's been there for God, 60, 70 years. And they've got, you know, they're just the perfect kind of, you know, cro- the crotchety waiters and waitresses just going kind of, what do you want? What can I get you? That kind of thing. And it's just so awesome, and you, you see every walk of life there, and that's now closed for good, you know. So we're getting, you know, yes, there are restaurants that I miss, but there are also restaurants now that I'm going to miss forever because they're not coming back, and um, and so you know, it's important. You mentioned stuff that I was cooking. I've been really trying um, to order um, produce and things like that from markets and farms and stuff that are, that uh, that need the need the help right now. I think it's a really fun thing to do to find what the, serv- the delivery services are that are supporting those places. And so, you know, I'm, I've just been trying to get, like, vegetable boxes from places that are growing and, and things like that and just seeing what I can do with those.
2: How is work looking for you at the moment? You know, did you have plans? I mean, you tour a lot. Have things had to be changed? Are you – what are you doing? How yeah. are you spending your days? Are you, are you working? Are you just trying to take this time as, you know, time out?
0: Yeah. it's It's actually – it's kind of – It's been it's been hard in some ways and it's actually forced some good habits in other ways, which I think Mm -hmm. there's a silver lining for anybody out there that sometimes some, you know, it's been very, very hard. But it's given me some time to reflect, to meditate on things, to balance, to just kind of write without any expectation, um, to listen to music, which is Mm -hmm. something that, you know, as a musician, sometimes you're just moving so fast. You don't like take the time to just say, I'm going to unplug my phone and just get into an album and just listen for a whole hour without stopping. We're in a very fast-paced world. And the music business, as you know, is just you're constantly bouncing around and wishing you could be five places at once. And so I guess if there was one small silver lining, it's that I'm really starting to just take this time to be a real fan again and just mm-hmm. like li- like really listen to a lot of things that I love. Um, as far as work goes, I was one of the luckier ones. I was actually at the tail end of a tour, so I only had to cancel... Four shows as opposed to 50 and I, ha- I had and, and have hopefully in the future a, re- a residency at Radio City Music Hall uh, in New York that um, we were doing every month or every two months and um, I've we've moved those to the fall but we'll we'll see um, so in the meantime I've set up like a little mini recording studio in my house i have just a laptop and a midi cable and a keyboard and i'm just kind of trying to trying to write as many as many things as i can
3: don't you sing in your shower as well
0: oh yes i've just started doing the silly thing where i'm, I'm...
2: yes i want to know about this and i want to know why you're wearing a fucking massive north face yeah. like puffer jacket <laughs> it's, it's you're saying it's so hot in la but you look like you're freezing cold in your shower
0: yeah i've, I've gotten a lot of shit for that um and it's because so my dog i mentioned my wheaton terrier he gets hot very easily, so uh, and especially now that he's on um, he's on a prednisone for the swelling from the treatment that he's getting, and that apparently causes hot flashes in dogs. And so he was panting up a storm. He was really, really having a hard time. And so the doctor said, "Look, just try if you don't if you can bear it, try and like get your temperature in your house to a, to a place you can handle, but will be cool for him, so he'll calm down." So that particular day. I had the temperature really, really down in my house so that he wouldn't get overheated. And, so, um, and then on top of that, it was a really actually a very cold and gloomy rainy day, one of our very few in Los Angeles. So um, next thing you know, I'm wearing a puffy uh, North Face jacket in my shower, singing somewhere over the rainbow. And uh, why not? But that's been fun. The reverb is great. The reverb is really, really good in there. And, you know, I'll just, I'll do like one a week. We'll see.
2: I love that you appreciate reverb because I oh, yeah. I live for reverb. Like I live for it. I'm obsessed. I would have my whole voice yes. aw- washed by like all my pop producer friends are like, let's make it really dry. And I'm like, no, I want to sound like fucking Enya.
3: (laughs) Sailing
0: away. (laughs) You want to be in an Irish cavern.
2: Yeah, man, absolutely. You've made me think that maybe if I have to do a live performance for this bloody album, I may have to go in the shower room. It's quite a good idea.
0: I've actually, well, especially now that, you know, I'm, I'm not very tech savvy. So, you know, I've just been recording things into my iPhone mic, you know, and so... Um, oftentimes that can be a little unforgiving, and so actually bringing it into the shower has given me a nice natural Enya-esque yes. um, ver- <laughs> verbiage. And uh, no, it's true. And different producers like to record different ways. Um, I did an album with Rick Rubin, yeah, and Rick Rubin likes to do things. Re- likes to do things very dry. Like he's all about authentic. How it sounds in the room. There's very little bells and whistles he puts on things. Um, but. You know, but at the same time you're still singing through a microphone, so you're still at the mercy of what that mic how that mic is taking in your voice. So that's not exactly one hundred percent natural either. And uh and so, you know, I had my many of my um my much of my back and forth with Rick Rubin was please just give me just a little please just give me a little reader, please just Please, Rick, I know. I know you just did Johnny Cash. I know it's a whole thing. But please just give me a little bit of reverb.
2: Oh my sorry, my husband's being really noisy and this is hey, the husband. thing when you're trying to run a professional outfit and then your husband's like chatting to his mate about Zelda or something. Zelda? I don't know. Oh, do you like Zelda?
0: Oh boy. Does he have a Nintendo Switch?
2: Yes he does. Do you want to play him later?
0: Okay. All <laughs> right. All right.
2: Okay. Now. Oh wow, Josh, I was thinking you're so cool and now I realize you're a fucking geek. <laughs> <laughs> His eyes lit up more for the fucking Nintendo Switch than bloody Rick Rubin. I could tell you that, or Gershwin.
0: Listen, Rick. Rick played Sudoku uh, almost entirely through the recording <laughs> session. So, um, so no, he, he likes the games too. Is your husband? Uh, is he playing Animal Crossing as well? as he into the Animal Crossing?
2: Oh, what is that? And should I tell him about this? Because he's nearly finished Zelda. He's got another yeah. boss to fi-
0: yeah, complete. Yeah. Complete it for ball, kill. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Animal Crossing. Let him. Let him have this. You know, we need to escape any way we can.
2: Look, he, he, he certainly needs to escape from me and our two children. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> got it.
0: Got it. Understood.
2: But I, I want to know, Rick Rubin, did you record in Shangri-La? We
0: did. Yeah, we did, we did a lot of recording in Shangri-La, which is, I believe, got burned down from the fires, the Malibu fires. Oh, no! Um, that was an, just an incredible studio. Yeah, that, that just swept through that whole area. And, uh, no, Rick, the the experience with Rick was such a beautiful one. He, you know, um, the lack of bells and whistles teaches you a lot. I mean, it's not not so different from, you know, having all this time by myself here to reflect and to have hindsight and to really listen and to really prepare before you decide to sing something. That's kind of the way Rick approaches things. You know, you're not just making noise just to make noise you're like trying out a verse and then he'll give you poems to read. And he'll say, that reminds me of this Rumi poem that I heard. Why don't you sit on that for a minute and then come back next month. And even though it takes a really long time, there's a method to his madness where he's really just, I think, training you to be, to to take that, you know, much more space. He's into transcendental meditation. I've now been doing a lot of transcendental meditation, finding like peace with that stillness is something, especially when you're signed into the business very young and you're, it's like ingrained in you at a very young age that if you stop moving, you're dead. So, you know, working with Rick is really um, is really wonderful because he, he really teaches the artists that he works with about that power of stillness about just like sit, listen, read, you don't need to change this today, change it when it's ready. And so it, t- it took four years, it was four years to, to process the work with him and to finally get all those songs where they needed to be. That's a long time. That's a longer time than I generally like to take, but it taught me a tremendous amount. It made me a better writer. Um, it made me a better artist. And, um, and I love the guy to death. He's just such a cool friend and such, a, such an amazing soul. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or
3: how hard we work out.
2: We ask everybody who, what their last supper would be, or desert island supper. So you've got a uh, starter, main, a uh, dessert, and a drink of choice.
0: Oh yes. Okay, so for my starter, uh, let's see. I would do a a, uh, a small appetizer portion of the brunch eggs, my mom's brunch eggs, as the starter, Aww. because because uh, that's gonna be it's gonna be my last meal little heavy is the main course but uh but as as a nice little as an amuse bouche uh bite um i would start with that as my main course i would do uh oh this is so when i go to sushi restaurants um sometimes they have this on the menu and sometimes they don't something called a chirashi are you familiar with the chirashi
2: no tell us
0: so chirashi is basically like all the sushi fish in a bowl over rice and so it's kind of like it's a it's a rice bowl with, with all the sushi fish on top as opposed to separate pieces. So you can kind of control like what you eat with what, and you're just kind of mixing it around. And there's like an art form to, uh, chirashi. And, um, and so I would have have, like an incredible bowl, a chirashi bowl for my main course. Uh, I would, uh, name it the chirashi Joshi. (laughs) Um, it would be a toss up between the chirashi and, um, and, uh, like, a. So when, my, when I was going to summer camp as a kid, I'd go to the East Coast and my dad and I would drive through Maine. Oh, yeah. And you could get like a $20 lobster oh. in Maine. You can, It's incredible. They have lobster at the McDonald's in Maine. That's how common what? lobster is in the state of Maine. Yeah, you can get so a lobster roll. like a fish roll.
2: fillet would be a lobster fillet. Oh, my God, that sounds yeah. amazing. Jesse, when this is over, we're going to
0: Maine. <laughs> go to Maine. Let's all go to Maine. So I'm actually going to change my answer because the churashi is something that I can get a lot in Los Angeles. So I'm going to get my – if I can get my my final meal, I would say a Maine lobster boil with corn on the cob and potatoes and like some maybe some steamed mussels or clams and a, and a nice like simply steamed mm. Maine lobster for 20 bucks with like a plastic bib and just – shells all over yourself
2: I've had I haven't had that in Maine I had it in Seattle yeah. probably not such high standard but like you know you They've go and they
0: great, pour
2: it out in the bucket yeah, and like seafood in
0: Seattle. love it yeah it is really fun so and you're working great. with your hands and you're like hitting things with a hammer and like yeah. it's yeah that's that's right they, they you know that they say um you know rage rage into the into the burning of the light or whatever you know don't do not go do not go calmly into this into this night um hammer Hammer your lobster shells until, uh,
3: until, what is that? Who said that? What what is,
0: what is that, that old poem?
3: Jesse will find um, it.
0: Rage, rage. It's a, it's a, I'm sure that uh, your your listeners will will correct me.
2: Do not go gently into that good night. Dylan
0: Thomas. Dylan Thomas. Thank you. Yes. Yes.
3: Good Welshman. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So. So what's for pudding? What's for dessert? I. Do they call it pudding or dessert there, Jess? Well. Dessert, I think it is.
0: we, We do. Oh, is is pudding dessert across the board? We call yeah. it pud.
2: Like pud yeah. is dessert
0: for us, pud. but you,
2: pudding for you is a different thing. Pud. Pudding a yeah. bit of pud, a little bit of pud.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I my pud is an actual pud. <laughs> uh, I, I like a bread pudding. I like a. Um, oh. I love a good, um, kind of a like a a thick bread pudding, like a brioche. Bread pudding, maybe with like a with like a whiskey glaze or a a whiskey creme glaze on it, uh, and and a scoop of coffee ice cream. Oh, we love coffee ice cream,
2: Josh. We need to send you our cookbook, mate. We've got a cappuccino ice cream in there. And a panettone, bread and bread butter, and butter pudding. Pudding. bread and butter yeah. pudding. I'm yeah. sending it to you. Sending it's done. It You're sorted.
0: And I'm going to send you
2: a,
1: yep.
0: a frozen Maine lobster in the mail.
1: <laughs> oh, good.
3: <laughs> and what's your drink of choice?
0: My drink of choice. Do you
3: um, drink? I don't think you drink, Josh. Do you drink?
0: Listen, I drink. I, I do. <laughs> well, you mentioned look, but you mentioned vocals. You mentioned having to sing. I I love, w- yeah. I love wine. I, I love wine. I love wine. I love going. One of the great things about being Opera in LA can sing that is, yeah, and with that, and uh, you know, I'll drive to Napa, I'll drive to uh, up, you know, uh, northern California, and just kind of go winery hopping and just taste a bunch of things. Oh, I've recently gotten into mezcal, which I didn't normally like. Oh. I I generally kind of kept how's to... that for
2: the vocal cords, Josh?
0: <laughs> it's it's an off tour drink. I'm gonna not gonna lie, it's a it's a, a you finished your your final concert and uh now it's time yeah. for a little smoky bev and uh i i was i was always kind of a um a, a brown liquor drinker i would drink like whiskey and i liked rum and i liked you know those kind of you know after dinner cognac or something like that with like a nice mm. cigar or something and lately i because I'm, I'm not a tequila guy i actually don't drink tequila but i like mezcal just on its own i like a really good mezcal on the rocks with like a slice of orange.
3: Which which mezcal? Uh, which
0: there's one? one called Madre, which is, Madre. Which is my okay. favorite. Yeah, it's a really, really good one. That would be a good entry point because it's just a really high quality. cool, And they have really cool bottles.
3: Have you had your lunch yet? I haven't. I haven't had my lunch yet. What are you having for lunch?
0: So what I'm going to do today is a, from that produce box, um, there's a great company here called All Time LA and they will deliver like these produce boxes and fruit boxes and things like that. Mm. And so I have, I'm just kind of now at the end of... Of my produce box, I used up all of the. Uh, what do we have? We had potatoes, we had garlic, we had Swiss chard, which I'd never really cooked with Swiss chard. Love it's a, it's Swiss a, chard. It's really good, and it's kind of a versatile leaf. You can kind of put it in a lot of different things, and um, and so I put I put it in an omelet. I put it in my soup last night. Um, I'm going to be doing a Swiss chard kale salad today with Persian cucumbers, diced beefsteak tomato, avocado. And sliced um, hard-boiled egg will be my lunch.
3: Oh yes! Are you on a diet? I'm not. No, no, I'm not on a diet. It's just I just not very carby.
0: There's no carbs, but I've been I've been eating so much bread. I've been eating so much bread. I've been making. I've been doing pasta. I've been doing, you know, a couple of frozen pizzas. Have made their way out of my refrigerator. So uh, I'm trying to trying to make use of of the greens in this produce box.
2: I want to know. Do you think you've
0: got good table manners? I say. Th- I think I do. I've had to sit at enough fancy dinners. But I will say though that like when you go to really fancy like hoity toity events, they they're generally really terrible table table manners from the people that you would assume would have great table manners, you know, Come on, sit next Who's to got a-
2: terrible table manners? Come <laughs> on. Is it Trump? Have you been at a dinner with Trump and has he got shit thankfully, table manners?
0: Thankfully not, no.
2: <laughs>
3: has Obama got good table manners? Of course he has.
0: He's perfect. I'm sure he has impeccable table manners. But no there's this I mean, you know, sometimes you'll go to you go to things and, and uh you know wealthy people sometimes behave very badly. Uh, you know, they they're just it's a food fight sometimes.
3: Josh, are you are you political? Are you getting involved in the election
0: uh, I think it's at some point I will inevitably find myself in it. I think right now i've been I, i've been I've been very vocal about saying we need to be away from trump uh, but I, I think that because the race for the democratic side of things was so enormous, there were so many people in it I've kind of waited to see what transpired what the what the kind of the voices we're going to be that's, that stuck out. And so it's, it, cause it's been really confusing. It's been hard to, uh, to decipher so, it all. So yeah, at some point I'll probably campaign, but I also think that we're, we're in a place right now where unfortunately it's so divided that you're just kind mm. of preaching to your own choir yeah. a little bit. You're not as, as an artist, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, you don't feel like you're winning over somebody from the other side just because you sing a song at an event or, or something else. It's people are pretty set in their ways right now in a, in a way that I think has been the most stubborn in in our recent history. And so all we can do right now is basically say that if you believe in a certain thing, go vote for that. Like, I think the biggest thing that my generation and, and younger can do to make actual change, we don't necessarily need to sing the song that changes the world. We don't need to necessarily go and, and tweet about things or Instagram about things. We accept to say that we need to get off our butts and vote. That's the thing that's going to kill us is if we're complacent uh, because we're discouraged or we think, well, somebody else is going to do it or we become too cynical by kind of the insane circus of it all um, that we just don't actually go and do it. And it's not easy here. I don't know how it is there, but the lines are four hours long. And it's always on a work day, but we got to vote. Everybody's got to get out and they've got to vote. They have to really take a hard look at what's going on and what they really want and, uh, and go do that.
3: On a less serious note, do you have a karaoke song that you sing? Karaoke,
0: similarly to the shower, is a place where the reverb is just beyond anything you could possibly have in your wildest dreams and therefore your confidence <laughs> for your own vocal range expands past anything you should possibly be singing. So much like the shower, I'll go into karaoke and I'll sing stuff that I have no right to be singing as a lyric baritone. So I'll do a lot of Steve Perry, I'll do some Journey. I'll do some Don't Stop Believing, I'll do I'll do Freddie Mercury, I'll do some Queen songs. Oh, wow. I'll do I do a I do a great Eddie Vedder uh, so I'll do some Pearl Jam.
2: Oh, wow. You really like karaoke then, huh? Well,
0: I, I, I say these are all the things I did the last time I did karaoke, which was about five and a half years ago. So <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> it was just so much fun. And it was in Japan that uh, I just I remember it like it was yesterday. So you know, g- generally, I don't karaoke much. I sing so much in my day to day life. I don't like I don't get the enjoyment from karaoke the way other people does
3: jesse sadly
0: it's not fun it's a little unfair and so i don't know it just it's i I like doing things that are that i'm really bad at at the end of a day of doing something that i'm okay at like cooking
2: (laughs) (laughs) but josh it's been such a pleasure to chat to you you're brilliant and thank you so much and just i i hope it's the, it's
0: the, the pleasure's been all mine thank you so much for having me on and thank you for being such a nice um kind of beacon of light for people during this hard time. Thank you for continuing the podcast. Aww. Um we're Yeah. We're all big fans here stateside oh, and um and I'll I'll keep you updated on my culinary adventures. By the way, Helena, how's that pot doing? How's the how's your <laughs> the so, pot suddenly, was never on it's, it's okay. Up, suddenly, I turned it on. suddenly she got more engaged in the conversation and the and the uh the pot didn't need checking Yeah. I don't know what's going on here.
2: I love Josh Groban. I thought he was brilliant. I feel like maybe we were supposed to speak a bit more about music, but he was just so charming and funny and brilliant. and um, He was very nice.
3: Yeah. I, kind of, I want to go to a show. And he loves his mother, Jessie. Mum, I love you. A boy that adores his mother. I adore you. Jessie, did you hear him talk? I think he's done quite well. He talked about his foundation. Yeah.
2: Mum, do you think we could have a Table Manners foundation yet?
3: What would what would our Darn foundation it. be the wear foundation I don't know. we could
2: do, we could do cooking school
3: no I'm not doing that fucking cooking school I'll do drinking <laughs> school I'm gonna go
2: home mum I I am home I'm fucking home all the time what am I talking about <laughs> Fuck it I'll get me out of here Boris <laughs> right thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed that Josh what a what a mensch I'd say he's a mensch
3: yeah. Jessie let's send him our cookbook I think our cookbook have you seen all the things on Instagram about our cookbook the recipes are going down a tree
2: yeah I mean people are cooking thank you so much for cooking thank you for buying the cookbook I'm so glad that things are working out and they're sending us positive feedback so I'm going to give this person a shout out I don't know what their name is hold on Jonathan Sewell Love you. All your songs are nostalgic through my 20s and now into my 30s. Wow, you're making me feel really old. Um, Also, I love Lenny. My boyfriend of 11 years and I are going all out tomorrow with the following menu from your book. For Sunday Feast, we are going all out and making starter, hot artichoke and spinach dip butter bean hummus, cold cut meats, and pitta chips. For the main, roasted borsan chicken with leeks and potatoes. For dessert, homemade cappuccino ice cream, homemade triple brownies, um, and champagne kisses is their, oh, that's roast weight. They want it at their wedding and funeral. And also I messaged Lemmy a while ago for the chicken soup recipe and she ghosted me. So that's what they-
3: <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry.
2: And then they said the meal turned out amazing in the cookbook's ace. That's so sweet. Thanks, Jonathan, for making a whole whole like restaurant meal.
3: Jessie, I reply to everyone because I get so excited.
2: Mum, it's hard when you're a star. You can't reply to everybody. You just have to, yeah, you know. I can't you see. can't Yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you have so many fans. <laughs> Thank you for listening. The music you've heard on Table Manners is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser. Table Manners is produced by Alice Williams.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.